0: Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of season two for the Worm Burner podcast. I'm your host Justin, and for this week, it's going to be a little bit different because there is not going to be a league breakdown this week, but we are going to be breaking down the World Cup that is going to be coming up in literally two weeks. I'm so excited, actually a week, and I am so, so, so excited. But so, and then we are going to be breaking down the Worm Burner news section which for this week is going to be the Ronaldo situation and what's going on at Manchester United. And honestly, it's just been an absolute crazy fest the last couple days. And so yeah, that's where we're going to leave off for this episode this week. If you have not already go ahead and check out our Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash the Warm Podcast. And if you have not checked out our Twitter, it is at Wormburner PD CST. Again, that is Wormburner PD CST. And if you have not checked out our TikTok, it is Wormburner Podcast on TikTok. We have been able to gain some traction on there. And if you are from TikTok, hello. It's great to meet you here on the podcast. And before we get into this week's episode of the World Cup Breakdown, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor for this episode, Arena 5. Have you ever wanted to play soccer with a bounce house perimeter? Well, with Arena 5 you can. This Central Florida based company specializes with all kinds of events, church field days, boy scout and girl scout troops, business events, bachelor parties, birthdays, soccer tournaments, and even private parties. If you or your friends want to experience this yourself, go ahead and contact Arena5 on Instagram at arena number five IVE or contact them through Gmail at arena five the number five IVE at gmail.com. Again, that email is arena number five IVE at gmail.com and they will hook you up with a unique and authentic experience that you will never forget. And be sure to check them out on TikTok as well, at Arena underscore number 5 IVE. Thank you again, Arena 5, for sponsoring this episode of the Wormburner Podcast. And let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. So for the World Cup breakdown for the Wormburner Podcast, it is just such a relief that after eight years the United States is back in a World Cup. No, I'm kidding. This is the. We are not starting in the, on that train right now. Um, let's go ahead and start with Group A, which is the uh, host of the FIFA World Cup, Qatar, uh, paired with Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. When it comes to the overall results from the previous World Cup in 2018 from Russia. Honestly, there was a lot of underwhelming results when it came to some of the teams in this group, if not all of them. Qatar was not in it. Senegal didn't even make it out of the group stage. Ecuador wasn't even in the competition either, and neither were the Netherlands. So this is really and genuinely a group of teams that really weren't a part of the 2018 World Cup. So I think that in itself is a big feat for these clubs. They have something to prove when it comes to this World Cup, especially seeing the results from the 2014 World Cup with the Netherlands. You would think that they would have a a much better showing even getting into the competition in 2018, but they didn't. So, honestly speaking, my lead candidates for this group are the Netherlands and Senegal. Senegal, I think, is one of those dark horse teams in this competition. They are filled with great players that are under the radar when it comes to a lot of teams and not to mention their star Sadio Mane being on the team as well, pipping Egypt to the the previous AFCON championship. And I think that's going into a massive, massive benefit for them going into this World Cup, having that win over a very dominant African side that, is typically in the World Cup but this time they're not either and going towards the Netherlands the Netherlands are of course a strong team and I think they have they have more to prove in this group than everyone else does Qatar honestly they don't make it out of the group in my honest opinion and to be quite frank I think they finished dead last and fourth but I think One of my shock predictions when it comes to the World Cup is there is a chance Senegal goes above the Netherlands and finishes in first in the group, which I think would be absolutely amazing for the country of Senegal. I genuinely believe that Senegal is one of the teams in this World Cup that could make it past that quarterfinal curse for the World Cup. I think that Senegal is one of those teams. I think that they've got the capability to do it. Now, whether they bring it on the day is a completely different story. And being in this group, if they finish in first, they will have a much stronger case of making it past the African curse in the World Cup. I think we see that curse being broken this year. It's it's going to be a very interesting World Cup with the amount of good teams that are in here. And there was a report made, unfortunately I don't remember by who, but they stated that this is, this is the highest average rated World Cup in history. These are some of, if not the best teams to ever grace the pitch when it comes to the national teams. And... I would venture to say that that's pretty accurate because a lot of these groups, especially when it comes to pundits, we are all over the place when it comes to picking our teams and picking who wins. But I think for my prediction, being bold, group A, I'm going to change my original prediction that was made very, very, very quickly on TikTok. I think it is going to be Senegal and the Netherlands. Senegal going first, Netherlands going second, Ecuador third, Qatar fourth. In group B, it is going to be with England, Iran, the USA, and Wales. This is an unbelievably tough group. England are very, very, very good making the semifinals, technically the third and fourth place match in the last World Cup, as well as just the overall presence of the other teams. Wales is a good team. They didn't qualify for the 2018 World Cup, but you have the U.S. that didn't qualify for the last World Cup in 2018, and Iran finishing in third place Of their group in 2018 to Spain, Portugal, and Morocco being one of the other teams in the Qatar World Cup. And personally, I think that this is going to be a very, very tough group to call. The U.S. has something to prove here, especially since it has been eight years since we've been in a World Cup. We are itching to be in a World Cup. But I don't believe that we have the squad to do damage. And there was a lot of speculation and just overall reporting from the U.S. camp that the attacking base could be a lot better than it is. And one of the stars of the younger U.S. national setup Is missing. Ricardo Pepe is one of those missing players in the striker position. And then there is another one that unfortunately his name escapes me. He plays for Union Berlin in the Bundesliga. He has been really good as well, getting, I think it was three or four goals in a span of six matches for Union Berlin. He's been on fire for them. And Ricardo Pepe in the Netherlands in itself has been very, very good. And the fact that they did not take two informed strikers of, yes, a younger caliber to a World Cup where that momentum makes sense and will be can be the difference maker, it didn't seem like a very smart move, at least in my personal opinion. Now going forward, does that affect the US greatly? No, because we have a lot of other strong talent on the team that can get us over the edge, I feel. Of course, we have Weston McKinney in midfield. We also have the likes of Christian Pulisic and other straw and a very underrated defender, in my honest opinion, is Walker Zimmerman. I've really liked him since I started following him i believe it was with lafc and he, then he got drafted to nashville which he is still currently at and so with walker he is a good homegrown american center back that can impress and to be 100 percent honest i think he could impress so much that a european team come calling after the world cup to nashville to try to get his services elsewhere but enough of the USA, because we have another strong team in Group B, which is England. England did unbelievably well in the last FIFA World Cup in 2018, making it to the semifinal, but sadly losing to Croatia 2-1 in extra time. I remember watching that game, and I genuinely believe that England was going to make that final, and boy, was there ever a feeling of its coming home. But Needless to say, they didn't make it. They went to the third place matchup. They lost to Belgium 2-0, and Croatia, their opponent that beat them in the semi-final, would go on to lose the final to France 4-2. I think that they will have a very similar result to the 2018 World Cup, but I'm not entirely sure. So, I think in this group, England goes top, the USA goes second. Wales finishes a very close third and Iran finishes last. That's what that's just what I think Wales is a strong team. I genuinely think that they could jump the USA with their results and the way that they performed going into the qualification rounds and then finishing off their run with their win against Ukraine to qualify for the World Cup. I think they are a very strong side that can be a dark horse later on if they qualify. But for the time being, I'm still going number one, England, number two, USA. Group C is one of those oddballs that, man, it could really genuinely go either way. When it comes to the powerhouse of this group, (laughs) arguably it is Argentina. I don't think anybody else will really second guess that, but when it comes to their performance in the 2018 World Cup, to say that Argentina was lackluster is an understatement. They got knocked out by the eventual champions, France, yes, 4-3, to three, but they had very underwhelming performances in that World Cup. And there were a lot of people that had stated that Argentina was lucky to have gotten as far as they did, which is wild. And being paired with Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland, this is going to be very interesting. Saudi Arabia is a very good team, although I don't think that they will have the power to compete against the likes of all the other three, Argentina, Mexico, and Poland. Poland, of course, having the likes of Lewandowski up top and Mexico having their strong setup with, I think that all in all, even though Poland is strong, Mexico has a lot more to prove with this World Cup because they had lost to a very good and dominant side in Brazil in the 2018 World Cup. And... Whether they should have beaten them or not, it's a completely different story. But in a way, their season was indifferent, to say the least, coming in second place to Sweden in their group that consisted of Sweden, South Korea, and Germany, which was a complete underwhelming team in that World Cup So going into Group C, I think that Argentina finishes first, Mexico second, Poland third, and Saudi Arabia fourth. But I would not be surprised if Poland finishes second. I will concede that point because, again, Poland is a very strong side, having Lewandowski up top, and you also have Wojciech Szczesny in goal. It's a very strong combination of both attack and defense when it comes to that team. Now, going on to Group D, Group D, we have the World Cup champions, France, in this group. Very, 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 it should be a very dominant performance for the France side to make it into the next round. I think that is a very easy determination for us to make, but you never know with the World Cup curse. (laughs) I am a firm believer of it. That it can happen the likes of Australia Denmark and Tunisia upsetting the likes of France would be absolutely wild but France are very very strong stronger than I would venture to say almost any national team in the history of the world almost there are a a handful of teams ahead of them but France is stacked It is very easily the best team of this generation now, currently. And I think the only other team that can compete against them is Brazil. So to have them lose or even draw to the likes of Australia, Denmark, or Tunisia would be such an upset, it's not even funny. So going in Group D, France is first. Denmark is really calling to me because Christian Eriksson has got that side all situated being, being able to come back from his heart problem that had plagued him from international play for so long with Denmark. He's in that setup. I think he can be very influential providing that positive affirmation that the team needs. I think Denmark finished second with Australia third and Tunisia in last place in this group. Group E, The there are some strong teams in Group E. Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, and Japan. Honestly, this is probably Group 2 that is the hardest to call. Germany had a very horrendous 2018 World Cup getting knocked out in the group stage and actually finishing dead last of their group. And... They really have something to prove here. In my TikTok video, I had said Spain first, Germany second. I actually think I'm going to flip that and make Germany first, Spain second. But I will concede, as I stated in my video, that I think with these groups, with this group specifically this is the group where it's most likely a Costa Rica or a Japan sneaks in on the final day of the group stage into the second round of the World Cup. I would not be surprised. So I'm still sticking with my my pick, though. Germany first, Spain second. In Group F, it is a (laughs) toss-up as well, having Belgium, Canada, Morocco, and the runners-up from the 2018 World Cup, Croatia. In this group, Belgium were very, very, very strong when it came to the last World Cup, finishing in third place, and Costa Rica finishing in second. This is going to be a very highly contested group, in my honest opinion. Croatia haven't really lost... A lot of their senior players, Belgium, same thing. They're a very strong side. I think in this instance, though, I am going to have to respect Croatia being that dark horse in this scenario. I think they still have what it takes to make those later stages of the competition. Croatia finishes in first, Belgium second. I, it's, it's just so hard because Morocco have a very strong setup as well as an African side. And honestly, this can be a very sneaky second round appearance with Morocco. I think they can sneak in behind on the final day with Belgium and Croatia Canada, sadly, I don't think have the setup to be able to make it deep in the World Cup. They are very strong. I'm not denying that. They are one of the better North American nations when it comes to the soccer setup. But I just, with this group, the way that it is, I don't think they are going to make it that far. At least in my personal opinion. So Croatia first. Belgium second, but if Morocco come in second, I won't be surprised. Morocco third, Canada in last place in Group F. In Group G, we have Brazil, Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. I'm going to make this very, very simple. Brazil is the powerhouse here. First place, Brazil. I really want Cameroon to finish good in this World Cup. And... I think they may be one of the third and final teams for the African nations to finish well in this World Cup. I think they finished second. Switzerland finishes third, but it is going to be close between those two. Serbia finishes in fourth. Now with Group H, the final group, to be able to predict in this World Cup and break down, this is really a tough prediction of and I do mean this in the nicest way possible, mediocre teams. They are not the best, but they're definitely not the worst. It is decent sides going against each other that are of the same caliber, I think. Portugal has the lead when it comes to the powerhouses of this World Cup. <laughs> you can't overlook Cristiano Ronaldo being in most likely his last World Cup of his career, which is very sad in itself. Uruguay, it is going to be a highly contested matchup for them being in this World Cup. And South Korea, it is really, really on them as well to perform in this World Cup compared to the previous one. They had been knocked out in the group stage, didn't make it any further, even though they had upsetted Germany in the final day or in the final game for them. But out of all of the interesting things about Group H, the one I am really interested in watching is Ghana versus Uruguay. Please, I beg everything out there, please, Suarez, get another handball. Please. (laughs) That would be unbelievably hilarious. And imagine, imagine if this was the final day, I don't think they go against each other on the final day of the campaign for the World Cup, but if they did, I'm just saying, if they did, or if their game, Suarez gets a handball and Ghana actually score this said penalty that they get, it would be hilarious to cost Uruguay the next round in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm just thinking about it and it just brings giggles to my mind. So, going with the prediction, though, Portugal are the favorites here. I think Portugal finishes in first, especially with the way that the rest of the group is probably going to pan out. I think Ghana and Uruguay are going to absolutely slug it out between each other because of that, essentially, rivalry from the... 2010 World Cup in South Africa. That was wild. And with that chaos happening, I actually think South Korea slip in and take that second place position while Ghana and Uruguay aren't looking. And it'll be a very interesting second round for them to see what happens. But Portugal first. South Korea in second with Ghana and Uruguay getting knocked out of the competition in whatever way happens that way. I don't I can't say third or fourth for a specific team. I think respectively it should be Uruguay third, Ghana fourth, but I can't even confirm that. <laughs> so anyways, that is going to wrap up the World Cup breakdown for this week's episode. Let's go ahead and go to the Warmburner news section about Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, with the whole Ronaldo situation, I think that this is something that is very sad and being a spectator of the sport of soccer as a neutral person, it it this is something Ronaldo has wanted for a little bit because I think and this is just my genuine opinion based off of what I've seen how people are reacting and all of this I think that when Ronaldo went back to Manchester United he really and genuinely did see the way that United had been and are being run and he does not agree by any stretch of the imagination what should be happening at the club. Because if, if he did believe in Manchester United, he has a degree of professionalism that I personally have not really seen in a lot of footballers. He has this persona of family first, club second and he is putting every ounce of his being into both of those different scenarios and different outcomes and seeing the way that the board had treated him based off of some of the clips when it came to the interview with Piers Morgan that will be in full tomorrow or today when this recording comes out and I think for me This is the final straw for Ronaldo because he really wants. He did want to stay. But because the Manchester United board had different objectives, he does not view himself being the same as Manchester United. He is be and for lack of a better term and to not insult Manchester United he is above Manchester United and I don't think he really and genuinely realized how much above he is to Manchester United because as many different people have been putting it United are now a Europa League team and that is wild to say because within my lifetime Manchester City was not even a talk or a whisper of winning league titles and becoming this dominant force in the Premier League and Manchester United was the team they were first second with Liverpool or possibly duking it out with a Chelsea maybe it was very It was very lopsided towards United being Sir Alex Ferguson. And that was my lifetime. That was within my lifetime of supporting soccer. I remember one of the games that I watched when I was younger supporting Manchester City. Sir Alex Ferguson was coaching as Manchester United manager. And it's just wild to me how much United has dropped that... As a per again, a unbiased person looking at it, it's crazy. It I, I can't imagine what actual United fans feel about it because their team is, if again for lack of a better term, a shell of what it used to be, and I think that one of the ways that the Glazers have failed United from a unbiased point of view is that they have put monetary value over result value. And they don't view 4th through 1st as highly anymore as signing the biggest player in the world back to Manchester United because that will bring the most money in for Manchester United. I think they are very money goal oriented and it is absolutely suffocating the life out of Manchester United. And Ronaldo is seeing that. And being a part of seeing the research and seeing what has been coming out, it's breaking Ronaldo. It really is. He, like I had said, this there is a degree of professionalism in Ronaldo that I have not seen a lot of sports people have and he holds every team that he is a part of to a much higher standard than the rest of the world he is one of the very few players that i have personally never seen him cheer or have a wild celebration against scoring against one of his old employers whether it's against Real Madrid whether it's against Juventus whether it's against Manchester United whether it's against Sporting CP I just have not seen it I I have not seen it he has that degree of professionalism of I was once you I was a, once a part of your club you are a part of my history just as I am a part of history with you And he doesn't want to tarnish that. And the fact that he is coming out and people are saying that he's tarnishing his legacy and his reputation at Manchester United speaks to the degree of how serious he is treating this situation. Because with the degree of professionalism that that Ronaldo has, I don't think he would genuinely be treating this scenario any differently if he didn't have these ramifications in mind. He has to have thought that this could damage my reputation as a Manchester United player. This could damage my legacy as total. He has to have thought about that. It's impossible to not think about. And for me, he still did it. He still is doing it. And beforehand he had said nothing he every single sports outlet was saying he wants to leave he wants to leave he wants to leave whereas word from Ronaldo himself said he wanted to stay he kept his lips closed the entire time when it came to this scenario and based off of reports at least that I was that I'm finding he didn't want anything to be blown out of proportion And there were leaks saying that he wanted to leave and that people had said that he wanted to leave, that the board and the squad weren't respecting him. And whether that's true or not is completely up to you and up to everyone else to decide. But from my opinion, the professionalism that Ronaldo has had with this entire scenario and even to this degree which absolutely shatters me he, ronaldo has gone through something that no father should ever go through and that's the loss of his child one of his children and he is having he had had health problems with one of his daughters and that was one of the reasons why he had missed preseason training for this current season and to hear in this interview that's about to break tomorrow or today when this episode comes out that the Manchester United board questioned that his daughter was sick and needed treatment is genuinely so enraging in my opinion that they have to question that. The legend of, a a legend, sorry, not the legend, a legend of Manchester United, you have to question his loyalty towards your club, that he has put blood, sweat, and tears into your club. You question his devotion to your club. It is absolutely astounding that they have the absolute gall to ask that of him or even or even inference it the fact i whether they said it or not is completely irrelevant even if they motion towards it of oh really like it like is she that is in why would someone make that up with the professionalism that Ronaldo has in the world of football. He commands respect when he is in a room. He is one of the greatest players ever to be on a soccer pitch, ever. I don't care if you're all Messi, Pelé, Maradona, I don't care. He is up there. He is one of the greatest players to ever play the game. And you have that level of disrespect to him that he would stoop so low to not want to have preseason training with you, to have an excuse of using his daughter to get out of training, preseason training with you. That is sickening and absolutely disgusting behavior on the behalf of Manchester United and it's it's something I don't even want to think about that if this is even plausible that Manchester United did this to Ronaldo the fact that he is a united legend in itself is without question absolutely ridiculous that they would do that but the fact that it's Ronaldo that they did this to, the one of the most professional players ever to grace the pitch, and one of the best players, Ronaldo does not make excuses. He does not. He does not have that attitude. Messi, players like Messi, don't make excuses. They are the best because they don't make excuses. They don't. They don't accept second they want first and they will make every they will move everything to make that possible they do not hunt for excuses the fact that Manchester United thinks that he would use that as an excuse to get out of Manchester United is ridiculous I'm a broken record saying that now and that is the breakdown of the Ronaldo scenario. We'll have more when it comes to the interview tomorrow and the day after. So Wednesday and Thursday, the part one and part two is going to be breaking with the Piers Morgan uncensored channel on YouTube. I'm very much looking forward to that. And I will be listening to that interview to see what in the world is going on with Manchester United. as a vested interest in both unbiased and biased point of view. I'll be 100% honest and say it. (laughs) It's, 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 it's it's like that. Um, so without further ado, this is going to wrap up episode 32 of season two of the Wormbirder podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A million times. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I hope you liked the, content and of course as always special thanks to arena5 for sponsoring this video it is greatly appreciated what you're doing and, and your company is absolutely amazing so without further ado everybody i hope you guys have an amazing week until next week and i'm so 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 excited for the world cup stay safe have fun and please love soccer guys and i will see you guys in the next video Chao.